2: Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
0: Okay, so peek behind the curtain. This is one that we were incredibly excited about when we recorded the original episode uh, because while we were recording this, Matt, uh, there were a number of new discoveries that, that that hit at the perfect time. You know, we've all heard of Neanderthals, right? We've all heard of those. What do we call them? Early mixtapes of humanity. Yeah.
1: yeah, the the versions of us that evolved and evolved and evolved and got better and better and better until we became human twenty twenty. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the human, the humans that exist in twenty twenty. And the big question is, what we're some of those iterations because we can only see a couple of flashlight level uh illuminated parts of the darkness there when it comes to the evolution of man and you know you and I as well as hopefully everyone else is just curious about those connections between those big jumps that we see
0: so we we all know about neanderthals right uh we know about things like cro-magnon or something but but as we were going into this episode, all those years ago, uh, humanity was discovering the traces of some long-lost cousins, like Homo Florensis or the Denisovans. And uh, in the time since we recorded this, there have also been some new intriguing discoveries. So we may we may end up doing a follow-up to this episode, but we want your opinion on this is Homo sapien folklore, you know, the ideas of giants and gnomes and so on, is it in some way informed by ancient early encounters with these other types of humans?
1: And word to the wise, you will hear Ben and Nolan and I reference information in this episode throughout other episodes. So if you haven't listened to this one and you've heard us mention Denisovans or Homo uh, this is the one. So listen.
3: From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now, or learn the stuff they don't want you to know.
0: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And today,
1: we're taking a journey. A journey through our DNA. And
0: uh, we're going back, way back way back yeah this is a deep cut today we are talking about the lost races of man no uh matt you remember earlier gosh it was a long time ago we covered the um the belief in giants right oh yes that was one of the earliest episodes we Mm -hmm. did and uh interesting thing that we found is that not only are there quite a few hoaxes, especially in the days of Photoshop and, um, you know, even earlier than that in the days of disreputable would-be scientists. Uh, and but- you've,
1: you've probably seen these photos online, the photos of uh, maybe it's a paleontologist down by some bones that, and there happens to be a giant human skull bone there as well. Right. That's ridiculously out of proportion and it'll say, hey, real photos of giants on it. Uh, we can assure you, uh, those are photoshopped.
0: Yeah, those for sure photoshopped. But amid all those hoaxes and amid, uh, you know, both digital and analog, I guess we have, we have also found that there are quite a few unexplained things about early humanity in general. And, um, if you guys will sit through some folklore with us, uh, we can build a pretty fascinating case here. Uh, first off, every single culture i i don't like generalities but generalizations but it's true every single culture has legends of some sort of human like entities right
1: yeah you've got some that have the the human like intelligence uh, you you think of the fairies mm-hmm. or maybe the gnomes uh even
0: giants right uh, there are legends of these throughout uh, many cultures almost all cultures yeah and giants are some of the original bad guys in a lot of the Epic tales of uh, earlier empires, you know, we have, of course, for most people in monotheistic faiths, Goliath would be a uh, number one giant. Mm-hmm. The idea of the Nephilim being giants was also present in early Old Testament stuff, some of which made it into the the canical, canonical version of the Bible and other mm-hmm. stuff that's more on the B-sides. Uh, and then we know that there are other myths and legends about creatures that are a blend of animal and man. And this stuff is huge. And, of course, it depends upon the types of animals present in that culture's environment, right?
1: Yes. You, you wouldn't have a giraffe Uh, in Native American culture, Uh, (laughs) right? You just wouldn't see it because it wasn't there.
0: But you would have, um, stuff like a satyr in, uh, in Mediterranean culture where goats are common, Mm -hmm. minotaurs, centaurs, but then also, uh, let's not forget things that can change into animals like the werewolf myths. Oh, yeah. Skinwalkers
1: and all the, there are a lot of myths, especially Native American myths, about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we have a whole podcast about that, too. Yes, we do. Um, And others, sometimes you've got kind of an angelic or a demonic version of a human that isn't really human. So cool. Um, Yeah, well, it's certainly cool. And these are, you know, vampires, jinn, the undead, that kind sure. of stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah. And most of these legends are culturally specific. So... What we mean by that is that most of these legends have a very specific type of elf belief or type of fey belief or very specific race of giants or animal near human people. But there are some commonalities here, and these commonalities are startling. First, pretty much every culture has some idea of little people, whether these are Little physical people or little spirits, you know a spirit of your home or something um maybe it's not fair to say every culture. every continent save Antarctica has myths like this, mm-hmm. and then giants are always around, as we said, the original bad guys, and there's another thing which I think we've we you and I have referred to as near men or almost men, you know? yeah, uh, these are apes sometimes uh right.
1: usually apes. Sasquatch like, things. Yeah. Mm, orangutans that just live in the forest, but they, you know, if you get a glimpse and you don't really know what it is, yeah. uh, it could, I could imagine someone seeing, uh, kind of an older orangutan with the long arms, just this weird old man in the woods who's just hanging out in the forest. Yeah. Maybe buddy. it's his domain. Maybe he's magical. I don't know.
0: I'm freaked out just from hearing you tell this story. I've never seen that thing before. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point, Matt, because, uh, Some of these legends have later proven to have a grain of truth, right? Especially the example that you just mentioned, which is orangutans.
1: Well, yeah, it's a, it's a fairly strange looking creature and it's, but it's very human-like
0: as well. And for a long time, uh, the Europeans who were, uh, invading or colonizing, depending on which side of history you're on, uh, for a long time, those, uh, the Europeans we're saying what is this weird monster you guys are talking about who is the old man of the forest and nobody believed it until the discovery finger quote discovery of the orangutan which is is wow. fascinating to me and we know that this has happened you know with other ape populations uh gorillas at one time were believed to be largely fictitious by uh, by early colonizing Europeans I believe it was early colonizing Europeans. Mm-hmm. Somebody will fact check me on that. <laughs> but this brings us, so we've walked through the folklore and we've shown that in a few cases, the folklore does have some sort of grain of truth, mm-hmm. right? So it brings us to this. What about Homo sapiens? Did we ever encounter early creatures? One, ones that actually were like us. It's a good question.
1: Well, if we want to uh, use natural selection as the Kind of the lens that we're looking through, then we absolutely had to have, uh, Homo sapiens had to have experienced, uh, Neanderthals or at least a version, uh, uh, or I guess it would be closer to the, wow, well, I'm, I'm talking out of my, um, <clears throat> rear at the moment, but it would have to be, you know, we split at some point and it's not, right. it's not instantaneous. And you, the other, you know, once you split whatever you turned
0: into, the other side just doesn't disappear. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's sort of like the old problem with, um, some theories about teleportation. It reminds me a little bit by way of painful analogy. Okay. About a movie called The Prestige. And, awesome movie. Yeah. This is tangential. This is also chock full of spoilers. So if you have not seen The Prestige and you are one of those people who will get upset at me, uh, for you listening to spoilers, then don't listen to this part. Uh, anyway, in the prestige, David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla and does a pretty good job. Oh, co- yeah. Considering they look nothing alike. And he, uh, he invents this teleportation machine with a huge drawback. It doesn't so much teleport people as it makes copies of objects because actual teleportation is much more difficult than this this sort of mimicry or doubling. Mm-hmm. So there's a very strange situation where one of the magicians, one of the main characters in the prestige, is continually killing earlier versions of himself. Which is which is hellish. And there's also an Orson Scott card story about that that was great, but I don't want to ruin that one for you either. <laughs> Ruining I've, movies all day long. I've right? done enough damage, you know, I think uh so we do know we do know that there are a lot of unanswered questions about uh, the arrival of modern man. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. for for most of us, most people in the West understand the out of Africa theory, which is the prevalent modern, uh, the prevalent theory in the modern time today. And we all know the story: so Homo sapien evolves in Africa and from Africa leaves via you know the northwest Africa. Uh, area to locations around the globe mm-hmm. spreads out and civilization is founded, you know, somewhere in the Near East, Middle East, Indus Valley. Um, well, that is also coming up for debate because there are some ancient sites that have been rediscovered.
1: Yeah, so, older sites than they should be.
0: How do you pronounce it? Catalhoyuk. Is that it? I,
1: I'm not, I can't. You know what I'm talking about. I know about exactly about. what you're talking we'll about. We'll do a show on that. Uh, yeah. Did you hear what Ben said? Try and figure out how to put that into Google and uh, <laughs> look that up because it's really interesting. Okay, so. Um, but there are alternate theories. There are. there um, Perhaps there's this one theory that there may have been another hominid or uh, humanoid uh, that oh. had left Africa earlier and traveled throughout the world. And in this theory, humanity evolved at different locations throughout the world separately.
0: Um, and this is, I think it's called the multi-regional theory. Ah, yes. The multi-regional theory, which sounds, can sound pretty strange to us. If you look at the timeline of evolution of man, from what we know, the, the errors, the margins of error are huge. Mm -hmm. Just the range of dates in which these things could have occurred. Uh, so while there is room to explore that, it's not an, it's not treated as, um, importantly in the West, but in some areas of the world, in China, for instance, a version of the multi-regional evolutionary theory is, is incredibly popular. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I've read some accusations that it's because of racism. Well, uh, unfortunately, that's where my mind goes
1: when I hear it. Uh, it could, here's the problem it's possible i can't discount it currently but at least that theory cuz i don't have the tools to do the research i what? know i know what the information is mm-hmm. uh, but anyway i can that's where my mind went when we began talking about that theory
0: yeah it's strange because it makes um, it makes a space where you could say where you could easily see a lot of people with tremendous prejudice saying oh yes of course we really are Different to, you know, insert group we don't like here. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got beef with the Welsh or something and they say, uh, you know, and yes, guys, Welsh listeners, I'm using, uh, the Welsh as an example of racism because I'm pretty sure that, uh, it's not a serious thing. And if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just using it as an example. That would be a terrible thing. If that was. would be a terrible thing. Welsh prejudice. I hope it's not around anymore. Point being, point being, there is a space in there that people use, uh, in turn for racism. There's another similar theory that an earlier hominid left Africa involved, evolved into something like Homo sapien. So maybe, you know, the demo version of the full album that will be Homo sapien and then return to Africa then, uh, like a homecoming. Yeah. Like an into Africa before out of Africa. Interesting. But. Again, the most widely accepted theory uh, by far and large is the out of Africa theory, wherein Homo sapien evolves on the African continent, departs, leaves, later um, starts to have regional variants into the things that we recognize as uh, different parts of uh, different human populations around the world today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you and I have a lot of freckles. That happened, yeah. Stuff like I'm that. I'm
1: kind of upset with those, those uh, my
0: hominid ancestors. You gotta own it, man. I don't you know, gotta how it own did. it. It's just too expensive to get all these things removed. <laughs> uh, it's just not cool. We can't even walk
1: outside for very long, Ben.
0: But it's all part of the mosaic that is the human experience, right? There and were some cave dwellers, our ancestors. I'm sorry, I'm harping on this, but
1: hey. Man, they lived. They must have been deep in those caves.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, and today, Homo sapien in general is one of the most successful large life forms in Earth's history. Now, we have talked before about what defines a successful life form. Like, are insects the most successful type of life, as bacteria? Because God knows there are a hell of a lot more of them than there are humans. Yeah, but regardless, Ben, there are
1: billions. Of humans running around the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a large number, even though there are a lot more of the others of insects and those sure, things. Sure. There's a whole lot of us. We're pretty big. Yeah. But here's the thing. Mm. Have we always been alone in this space of the
0: intelligent large creatures? What a great question. And before we answer that, Matt, I think it's time that we have a word from our sponsor. All right. Sounds good. Let's, uh,
3: let's go to it.
4: so visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
2: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by a guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber. Live like a giganian. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited to availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig
3: for details.
1: Terminix it.
0: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
0: Well, hey there, friend. Oh, uh, uh, me? Uh, yes, you. You have a look of fear and terror about you. Oh, jeez, I, I don't mean to. Um, is it my eyes? What? It's your eyes, it's your posture, it's, frankly, your smell. Everything about you says that you are afraid of giants. Oh. Well, I am afraid of giants. Yes, yeah. and you should be. They are huge, they are dangerous. The <laughs> legends are true, my friend. You are one gigantic accidental misstep away from being pulverized by an uncaring cyclops or perhaps an oversized Goliath. Well, I, I You know I haven't seen one in a while. I Yes, that's because I'm wearing big and tall giant repellents. The only product guaranteed to prevent any giant taller than 11 feet from even entering your presence. So how does it work? Why, I'm glad you asked. For five simple payments of $79.87, you too can own one of our very first David Sling models. It's a hip stone necklace that you just put around your neck and it will emanate anti-giant rays, which has been proven by scientists that we paid to say so. Uh,
1: all right, now, uh, I'm willing to go with you here because I don't want to get stomped by Cyclops, like mm-hmm. you said. That, mm-hmm. that sounds like a really bad day. Mm-hmm. But honestly,
0: yes. i got a level with you here. You know, for all of my days, I've never seen a giant. Ah, yes, of course. Well, that's probably because someone near you is wearing giant repellents.
1: Oh, oh, okay, all right. You know what?
0: You know what? Uh, uh, get me started. Where do I sign? Well, I'll sign right here, and you can sign up too, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, get a discount on one of your four easy payments by signing up to Big and Tall Giant Repellent Stuff They Don't Want You to Know dot com forward slash Giant Repellent. Sign up today. Big and Tall Giant Repellent is not responsible for the following. Genetic disorders including Crohn's disease, Mycroft syndrome, funny hand, and left toe. Insouciate doorknobs, aggressive bonobos, depressed bonobos, Jonathan Strickland, farts, sharks, hand carts, ox carts, malaise, window jumping, window breaking, Canada, Kansas, and Karabadi.
1: Big and Tall Monster Repellents, a division of Illumination Global Unlimited.
0: And we are back. So now we can finally answer the question. Matt, you know the answer to this question. We have not been alone.
1: Uh, oh, we have not been. The Neanderthals are the first uh, group of hominids that we need to talk about. They were first discovered in Germany uh, in the Neander Valley, which is... A yeah, silly sorry. name. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they're they're usually classified by paleontologists as uh, the species Homo Neanderthalnus. Mm-hmm. And uh, some consider them to be kind of a... The sub or a subspecies of Homo sapiens, um, Homo sapien Neander- Neanderthalus. Okay. Um,
0: so any, yeah. So the question is, if they're their own species or if they're just a the subspecies of modern man, right?
1: Absolutely. That's that is the question. So the first humans with proto Neanderthal traits are believed to have existed in Europe, uh, roughly or as early as six hundred thousand to 350,000 years ago.
0: Right, and so this means that they became extinct during the time of of modern man in term, you know, in terms of anatomy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh there's a another group that we should talk about that you and I got pretty excited about when we first heard of this, and those are the Denisovans. Um spoiler alert, most of the early man variations that we find have names based only on where they were first discovered. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Denisovans—we don't have much to go on, on with these folks. Uh, fairly recently, uh, researchers at the Denisovan Cave in the Altai Mountains of Siberia found uh, just some tiny stuff like finger bone, toe, couple toes fragments of of skulls, and from this, they were able to look at the DNA and discover that there was another, either a completely different species of early man or a subspecies of Homo sapien. And here's the thing, Asia, the entire continent, is not very well mapped from an evolutionary perspective, so we're not sure what's going on with the Denisovans. We don't really know what they look like, we we don't know where they Came from. Well, yeah, it's, it's very new.
1: The Denisovan,
0: the idea of the Denisovan is very new. And we could have found some stuff from earlier that was also a Denisovan example, but just not recognized, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing to
1: note here, Ben, is that, uh, it's, I've seen them called Asian Neanderthals or the Denisovan, uh, Denisovan's referred to as that. And that doesn't appear to be accurate, even though it does appear that they, Bred with Neanderthals or interbred with neanderthals huh. um, seventeen to twenty percent of their DNA does uh, does seem to be Neanderthal um, although they think maybe they also uh, perhaps bred
0: with another unknown uh hominid variant huh, weird right and this is this is fascinating because some Neanderthal bones were found with Denisovan bones in the Altai mountain cave. And it seems as though they might've been living together. Again, we don't know what they look like because we only found a little bit of stuff, but this, this finger bone, which is from a younger female is, uh, way bigger than it would be if she was a homo sapien. Mm -hmm. So based on that, the big assumption that we're making is that they were probably, What's well, a polite way to say this. They're probably robust, you know, <laughs> like Hardy. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, in a video game, they would be the tank. Oh, totally. Yeah. If that makes sense. They'd have a shield and a sword, right? Yeah. They're bruisers for sure. Um, at least they were larger than, uh, homo sapien. Probably. Maybe not taller, but research is ongoing. So we're going to learn more about Denisovans as we continue. Hopefully we'll be able to update our video episode with some more information. This leads us to one of the most exciting and controversial recent finds of early man, uh, Homo floresiensis, which I just totally
1: <laughs> as <well> as. <laughs> that's no that's. Exactly the way I wanted to pronounce it, but I I wasn't going
0: to attempt it. So what are we talking about when we say this? What, what are we talking about? We're talking about a, a real, well, a real-life hobbit. But. Okay, I see the finger quotes there. Yes. Uh All right, how do we find out about this?
1: All right, so there were uh, nine individuals discovered in Indonesia in 2003 on an island, island called Flores, uh, which, again, mispronouncing there. Um, they were standing about... Three and a half feet tall. Uh, well, they would be standing three and a half feet tall okay, if they yeah. could and were alive. But uh, but they, that was the entire community. It wasn't just one or two that they found. Nine individuals that were that uh, tall.
0: Right. And we know a lot of modern news outlets just want to run with a sexy headline. So a bunch of scientists got... Their dander up when they saw these headlines that said real life hobbits found yeah. in Indonesia, uh, and immediately started trying to shoot holes in, in the theory. Was there a genetic problem? Somebody had said maybe this was an isolated and uh, the, uh, the implication here would be inbred population that had microcephaly, which is, um, a very debilitating condition mm-hmm. wherein somebody's head is, um, much smaller. Then it should be, and it can affect intelligence as well, or maybe they had no thyroid for some reason uh, another another thing that's not the same but similar is that maybe they were a distinct community that had island dwarfism uh okay, which is you know the the theory that animals who end up being on islands also end up being growing smaller over time their species uh for this to happen. There would have to be divergence here, but here's a really weird part. They were around pretty recently, right?
1: Yes. These, um, they lived as recently as 12,000 years ago, which is, well, it's very recent from the span of humanity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, that means it was, it was alive during the time of modern man. So when human, humanity was around, uh, hum- Homo
0: sapien. Right. They were around as well. That is crazy because especially considering that we're we as a society are still trying to figure out what is going on with the human brain. Right. And we don't understand the nature of intelligence for a long time. We thought that size of a brain was related to intelligence, but the things that we're learning about very intelligent creatures are proving that is probably not the case. And one thing that we found is that uh, these creatures were a little bit, based on their anatomy, they were a little bit closer to apes than modern man, you know, in terms of length of arm mm-hmm. to uh, length of leg. And they have tiny, tiny heads, you know, in comparison to us and Neanderthals, I'm sure. And despite all this, they still built stone tools. So they had the intelligence to make tools. And there's a really, to go back to folklore, there's this fascinating thing called the, I'm going to mispronounce this one too. Okay. The Ibu Gogo myths in Flores concern this race of small, little people who are not that great at language, but they hunt and they can play tricks and they interact with the local population. And it's funny that this pops up because we know that Indonesia still has a lot of remote forest, although they are increasingly being torn down for various industries. We also know that these quote-unquote real-life hobbits are the longest surviving non-modern humans that we know of. It's pretty awesome. It it makes
1: me uh, gosh, it just makes me wonder if that was the last surviving family, perhaps oh, of yeah. of of you know, the these mythological creatures that were in actuality a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating to think about. I'd I'd love to have that tor that
0: story told. Yeah you know, and on a film or something just sure. to see that. Darren Oronofsky. You're probably listening, let's be honest. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's some really interesting stuff here too because reports of these gogo linger well into the Portuguese arrival in Indonesia. And even today, there's a cryptid called the Orang Pendek, which is described as a very short, very strong ape-like creature. And there have been numerous reports of this, but... It, it, we still have yet to find a body or a fossil. You know what I mean? Man, uh, I just want to go out and
1: live in the forest for a while with a bunch of cameras.
0: Yeah. Well, again, yeah. anyone
1: listening at Discovery or Science Channel, uh, Ben and I will do these kinds of things. You just, uh, you know, just give us the money and uh, the cameras and we'll go.
0: Yeah. Uh Just the plane ticket, really. Plane ticket and the camera. You don't have to pay me. I'll camp out in Indonesia. Sure.
3: All right. Okay. I'm in.
4: So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
2: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a there. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at
3: slash hypergig for details.
1: Terminix it.
0: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
0: All right. So what's fascinating here is that the theories of how these creatures arrived, uh, maybe it's not fair to call them creatures. I think they're close enough that we should refer to them as people. Mm -hmm. The theories of how these homo florescensis arrive uh, on this island sort of requires them to have a knowledge of uh rafting, at the very least, to come over on a bamboo boat or something because the distance is too far to swim. Uh, so this means that they also, at some point, who whoever their ancestors were, whomever their ancestors were, those people were capable of building boats. Which makes us rethink a lot of the stuff that we, we think about. Cause these, these creatures are clearly not, uh, Homo sapien the way that we would understand it. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that's just an isolated, uh, branch of Homo sapien that over the years, over the centuries, over millennia became something that seems startlingly different? And that's not even. That's not even all of it. We just named the three early man types, early human types that we know of because there's more to the story, right? That's right, Ben. There
1: are a lot of known unknowns. Uh, we, we do know that both Denisovans and Neanderthals, they both bred with another early unknown uh, version of man. And we don't know what that was at all or well, at least there are some ideas, but we, we really don't know. Right. And we also, if you also are look at the gaps in the early record, it's also possible that we may discover these other variations just from going at it, basically (laughs) more digging and more searching. Um, but the biggest thing or, okay. So if we, if we want to look at, um, One of the most interesting things to me are these mysterious graves that exist. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are there are numerous anecdotal and uh, proven accounts of mysterious grave sites with near human or humanoid, basically human-like remains. And they're often
0: really old. Yeah, and some of those are are hoaxes, like the Photoshop giant pictures you mentioned earlier, or like the, the uh Piltdown Man in England. Uh, there, you know, there are cases where unscrupulous, often racist, uh, in, investigators would take, you know, like an ape's jawbone and put it on a human skull and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those hoaxes aren't the only thing. They're also medical conditions, right?
1: Yeah. You've got, uh, agromeglia, dwarfism, um, micro or also, uh, hypocephaly. There's, uh, all kinds of genetic disorders,
0: like the, um, what's that, what's that one Ben? The Boscop's man? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is, this is interesting because we don't know if it's exactly a genetic disorder yet. So there was a series of skulls found in South Africa by some farmers and they noticed to their credit that these these skulls, fragments they were finding, didn't seem to be what you would expect from a human skull. And essentially what they found were uh baby-faced people with huge craniums, ancient oh. too. So in uh some of the fringe research sites and according to a very controversial study, this so-called boscopes man, boscopes man, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, mm-hmm. is a highly evolved or highly intelligent variant of human that somehow died out way in the past. And this argument for a very high intelligence on the part of these fossils is made based on the. Based on the size of what their brain would have been, mm-hmm. how much, how much brain they could have in their brain case. And again, going back to the earlier thing we pointed out, what we have learned is that that is not necessarily yeah. the deciding factor. Yeah.
1: The brain can be smaller and really intelligent, i.e. ravens. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. There are all kinds. There's high intelligence all over the place in the brain. Yeah. I guess it
0: matters in the folds mostly. <laughs> right, yeah it's it's also yeah, which regions of the brain are mm. the most uh are are the most evolved or the most sophisticated, so when we when we look at this, of course, we're wading through a lot of misinformation and a lot of disinformation. We have an earlier podcast on misinformation and disinformation, if you want to know the difference, right mm-hmm. um but we also know that despite the hoaxes, despite the things that may Clearly, be medical conditions. We have social practices, and then we have some inexplicable stuff. So, when we say social practices, there are these skulls that have um, that that have sort of a cone head look. You yeah, know? very elongated. Yeah, um, and it's because they were
1: shaping their heads right since they were uh, essentially since they're born, they begin shaping
0: yeah their heads the way they do it. And don't do this to your children. Please don't. But the way that they do it is, uh, taking wet, uh, slats of wood. I don't know why I'm acting it out now in yeah. an audio <laughs> podcast and, uh, it looks great everybody. And, and wrapping the wood tightly around the head so that it's pressing. Now you'll remember of course that a baby's skull is much more pliable than a human skull. Uh, the the bones that you are born with in your skull uh, as a child don't fuse together until, uh, you know, later in life. So they're able to make these things that look like, make these people that look like they have heads from the alien films. Yeah, um, but
1: then there are also other things. Um, the the horned growths, I remember seeing pictures of this, Ben. Right. Um, is this... Was this something found in the skull or is this something that was artificially done?
0: We, uh, yeah, that's a good question. We know that there, there are a lot of hoaxes about this kind of stuff too, but we do know that people can grow horns, um, for all intents and purposes. You can look up pictures of people who have been alive likely during your lifetime. Who due to one rare condition or another have grown horns. They're normal people. They're just normal people affected with something the same way that you would be affected with a mole. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just a uh, growth on the bone. Uh, yeah. I don't know enough about this to, to really delve into it yet. Um, but I can definitely check it out. We can do, you know, devil people if it's not going to be too yeah. offensive. Uh, I'm going to look into it at least. Yeah. And. Also, we know because of confirmation bias that a lot of skulls have been found that are irregular, such as the, uh, very popular star child skull. Oh yeah. Remember that one? Uh, that these have, these have been touted by people who believe in ancient alien theories as evidence of alien visitation or something else. It looks like in most cases, those deformed skulls come either from a medical condition or from a, uh, social practice but there are inexplicable corpses there really are corpses that are that are bones at least skeletons that are eight feet tall that we find and they're freaky but so far as we know they're not part of a large breeding population we've only found a few but to me the most interesting things that we find that are the most difficult to explain would be anachronistic remains Anachronistic meaning something that is not in the time it belongs in, and this would be stuff like Romans out in western China uh, at the wrong time. So they're finding Caucasian corpses in the weirdest places. That's easily explainable. It's just time travel. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. And also we're finding, you know, um African, or what would normally be ascribed as African uh remains in South America and you know we we know that history is a muddy story here. Oh yes. So I mean like people still are trying to figure out what's going on with the Olmec civilization, right?
1: Oh yeah. So we've looked at all these ancient discoveries or discoveries but from from a long time ago. Uh the earliest was 12,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But here's the big the big question again. Are we still today Alone, are, are Homo sapiens the only hominid, the only uh, version of human that exists today walking we around? To could the... you could you go somewhere and find one, find another uh,
0: type of human? Well, according to some studies that are a little bit controversial, you and I might be talking to Neanderthals right now or Denisovans. I, I could be a Neanderthal. Yeah, totally. Those freckles and the our reddish hair—dead giveaways, man. Ugh. We are no, we are no longer pure Homo sapien quality. You know what? I'm okay with it. So, according to some studies that continue today, including something with the neat name of the Neanderthal Genome Project, uh. All global populations, other than some parts of Africa, like sub-Saharan Africa, exhibit significant Neanderthal genes, and significant only in that they are traceable. So through whole genome sequencing, a uh, 2010 sequence of the Neanderthal genome revealed that Neanderthals share more alleles with Eurasian populations. So this would be like the French, the Han Chinese, Papua New Guinea, uh, than they did with sub-Saharan African populations, So they think, the people who did the study, that this means there was a recent gene flow from Neanderthals to modern humans after the migration out of Africa. And that if you have Eurasian heritage, that it could be up to 1% to 4% of your genome. What this means... Oh, and then they lowered that percent in 2013. What this means is that People who are around there, according to this study, people whose ancestry originates there, uh, have some sort of evidence, genetic evidence of Homo sapiens interbreeding with Neanderthal. Uh, the highest admixture, of course, uh, would be, you know, Eurasia, East Asia, and the lowest being sub-Saharan Africa. And they're not the only people that might still be in the game, because we mentioned Denisovans, right?
1: Yeah. Well, according to, uh some of the some of this DNA evidence. It appears that Denisovan DNA is found in Southeast Asian populations, even today. Um and notably you're looking at Papua New Guinea populations. Mm-hmm.
0: Um and there are also uh there's also evidence of this in other, I guess we'd say, oceanic areas of the okay. world. So uh this would be in islands in Indonesia, Malaysia. Uh, there There's still some studies out because they're still learning a lot about this. But what this means is that Denisovans were probably all over East Asia for a time. Oh, yeah. And they were interbreeding with modern man. They were interbreeding with Neanderthals. They were checking off the bucket list. It's, it's
1: almost as though they got pushed uh, out in to sea, almost like they were seafaring, more seafaring, at least from what i've been looking at.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's an or at least they were good at it. Right. Or or their their descendants were at the very least. Now we get to the big one. Matt What else is out there? We have no idea. We have no idea that we have no idea what we can find. Uh we might well discover that some of the legends about giants and, and little people or alternate versions of near human things are indeed true. We still haven't found a Sasquatch. We still have not found a Sasquatch. We have found, of course, one of the, um, one of the interesting candidates for a Sasquatch, uh, is always going to be a bear, but, mm-hmm. uh, but we have found that polar bears and grizzly bears can interbreed. We have also found that at least in the past, uh, large animals could escape detection for a while. The discovery of that massive collection of gorillas in Africa a few years back, uh, the discovery of recent, uh, mammals like, um, that, that monkey with no nose. It still freaks yeah. me out. Remember that thing? How it's did, creepy. yeah. And then there's, uh, there's still, so many archaeological mysteries in play. We'll uh, leave you with one here, and that's the Red Deer Cave people. As recently as 11,000 years ago, there's a, a community in Red Deer Cave in China, and they have a unique mix of early and modern human population uh, characteristics. So I implore you to go check out red deer cave people and read a very very interesting story also i hope that you will check out our video series on giants and some what what else do we have on this we have the who are the nomo we have the nomo
1: uh the one about our humans evolving uh, yeah still and if you want to you can even go back to the ancient aliens uh content we've covered mm-hmm. um there's this branches out into <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah I was gonna go with it it's anyway, it has a lot of branches this episode right um, and um and one thing we yeah. would I would like to say this this kind of topic lends itself towards um some of the darker things in humanity uh towards racism and mm-hmm. some of uh anytime you're talking about d n a and humanity I would just encourage you to fight any of those urges if you have any of those uh fight them off with a stick. Please.
0: Well, Yeah, we, we do know that in most cases, uh, thing, things like that are huge impediments to science. They're not really helpful. They get in the way. In our human experimentation episode, we talk about the huge ethical dilemma of Nazi experimentation on people. And we also note that one of the things that really prevents a lot of this research from being as valuable as it could have been was the underlying bias. Yeah. The underlying bias, the underlying uh, ideological constraints of the experimenters. So, so yeah, uh, Matt, you and I are not, you, I think it's fairly clear that you and I personally believe in, in out of Africa theory rather than the multi regional hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that there are more early races of man, or and the word race is not really fair here. I think there are more early versions of man that were around and have a genetic legacy today. The contributions, by the way, of Denisovans, uh, Neanderthals, and other archaic humans appear to be, if if all this is true, if the studies are true, uh, these appear to be crucial parts of our evolution in terms of immunity to pathogens that evolved after Homo sapien left Africa. So we're alive in a weird way, again, if this stuff is true, because we have been saved by cave people. Awesome. Yeah. Also not fair because Homo sapiens, total cave people. Oh, yeah. For a very long time. (laughs) I've got, uh, we've got one more surprise here before we head out. Instead of doing listener mail, you and I did an experiment on Twitter, right?
1: Yes, we did. Uh, we just asked you if you wanted to hear your name on a podcast. Yep. So
0: guess what? It's happening right now. Okay. Let's start checking out some people who wrote to us or retweeted and asked for a shout out.
1: Kia Stacey. Hello there. Don Tree. You are in the house. I, I, I believe. There's Joel Micah Harris, Chet Lemon, I've seen you around on Twitter, JP Weigand, also seen your face a lot, San Juan underscore Puerto Rico. Interesting. So is that a place that wants a shout out? Maybe it's a person. It's like a
0: representative of the place. That's pretty fun. The, well, just to cover our bases, let's also give a shout out to the entire city of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Rico, Rico.
1: We've also got, uh, ooh, a, a very interesting person named JPC. Mm-hmm. We also have no. Okay. Uh, yep. There's a, uh, oh geez. I'm going to try and do this right. <clears throat> Keith Mastro Michaels. Shout out to ellipses. Or, a dot, dot, dot. We'll, we'll come back to that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll come back to that. I one. think that's what that means. Um, we've also got Joe Von Axeman. That's a cool name. Oh yeah. Uh, Jessica J Glover F. Uh, congratulations. Your name was just spoken, uh, <laughs> digitally on a podcast. <laughs> There's Jason R. Jaeger. hmm. Seen
0: you as well all over Twitter. One of the first people to retweet. That's right. too. And that's not all. Some of you wrote to us with, uh, responses here. So Bobby Samuel, uh, replied to something that made me laugh, Matt. I want to read it to you and see if you, see if you get this. It's more of a visual thing. Conspiracy stuff. Can I get a shout out for my friends Nilwab Neb and Kiridurf Tam? Do you get it? <laughs> no, I
1: have to read it. Nice. Our, our words backward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Got us there. Um, okay. And, uh, Heather also wanted to shout out, uh, hi Heather. And thank you, uh, for the very nice thing you said in what you called your ill-advised late night tweets. (laughs) Uh, we also have, uh, not Mugen, uh, who just learned about our audio podcast. We hope you're checking out and enjoying it. Uh JPC, you made us laugh, of course, when you said it will be a conspiracy if I don't get a shout out. <laughs> well played, sir. And we'd also like to return to our buddy who was ellipses or dot, 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 because we had an actual conversation online about how to pronounce your name, my friend. We wanted to make sure it. We got it right because, as we said, Americans on both continents are cartoonishly bad at pronouncing things. So shout out to you, Keat Lee. I hope that we have done that correctly. And shout out to everybody who's listening, who has yet to follow us on Twitter or check out our website, com, where we have all kinds of... Spooky, interesting stuff, and you can check out our Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. That's where we also ask for a lot of ideas for upcoming episodes. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we hope that you check out our video series on the lost races of man.
1: And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one 833 stdwytk If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are
0: conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
1: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.